awesome, man. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Good morning, Vietnam! I love the smell of red pump in the morning. You're gonna need a bigger boat. I feel the need. The need for speed. I wish I knew how to quit you. Love means never having to say you're sorry. You do! You'll shoot your eye out, kid. What's up, film fans? Happy Wednesday. Welcome to another new episode. Welcome to episode 268, and welcome to Candyman. Thanks for listening to another new episode of the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Juan, and I'm joined by Zach. Did you say his name five times? I did. Everything turned out fine. As you can see, I'm here on the show. <clears throat> uh, so no, uh, no, no rainy no. accidents. No, uh, no minute no no last on the way no, to work yeah you got some uh you kept your dinner reservations i see I to did. have some some uh some dessert with candy man um man what a week it's been um we are in the last episode of october before we hit a jam-packed november next week we'll talk about that a little bit later but uh man how was your week it's going good it's it's always nice doing the show on Wednesday because it's like all right we're halfway done we're halfway, halfway done. done this is our checkpoint once it once you get to the episode if you can at least talk about a movie hey you know the weekend it's like right it's, like, re, it's like the Energizer Bunny it's like here we go we're, we're down two more days uh, speaking what about, what about you it's it's been a week it's been good um going back to the grind going back to the the old reliable shit show um you know. <laughs> It's it's been fun. It's been a good week. Um, you can't complain. Tons of movies to talk about this week, um, including Taylor Swift beating out the boy. Your 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 man, Martin Scorsese, came in yeah. second, but he still hit like I think twenty three, almost thirty million dollars this weekend. Yeah, which I mean, with the the machine of Taylor Swift, that's that that was going to be hard to beat anyway. So. <clears throat> But if you guys want to see what's coming up next as far as schedule-wise or giveaways, check out our social medias, facebook.com forward slash the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. The Instagram is all one word, the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. Um, X is over at Cinnamon405, or you can email us. Uh, we'll get into the email bag next week at C-I-N-E-M-E-N-921 at gmail.com. Um, you can also find all of our links to our past episodes, all the episodes in the archives, anything that we talked about recently, you can find in all those links. Uh, but Zach, let's get to it. Recent watches and recommendations. I think the one thing we both really want to talk about was we'll do a spoiler free, uh, review of killers of the flower moon. Yeah. Um, before we get to that, uh, other recent watches, um, just staying ahead of the week of the schedule. So talk to me next week. And then the prey, the new, the Hulu predator movie is going to be. What if I, what if I don't want to talk to you next week? No, that's fine. I mean, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll run the show by myself. It's good. So, but no, um, yeah. Killers of the flower moon. I mentioned it last week. I went, I was going to go see it. Um, of course, you know, the girthy three and a half hours scared me, scared a lot of people, to be honest. Um, but man, I, I came out and I said, look, Guys, this is probably the best, if not one of the best movies of the year, in my opinion. Um, and you're just like, really? Is that good? And then you went and saw it Sunday. And yeah, how, how, how was your experience? Uh, the experience was pretty cool. I didn't have uh, nearly as the entertaining guests in the theater like you did. It sounds like you yes. had actual members 
of uh, the, the rednecks in there. The, uh, oh. Guys, um, <laughs> quick rant. I'm a, we haven't done a rant in a while. Quick, just movie etiquette. Shut up during the movie, please. I had these two people, older people next to me, and they, anytime something happened, anytime a twist happened, there was oohs, ahs, in-betweens. There's the running commentary for three and a half hours. And I will say I was so into the movie that it didn't really hinder it, but just shut up. Just during the movie, please. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll run through the same um Haunted Mansion, Little Mermaid, The Last Voyage of the Demeter, Joyride, Candyman, Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, you know, I checked out The Devil on Trial like you told me to because we talked about The Conjuring 2 last week. Oh, uh, yeah. That was, that, that was honestly, it was more of a comedical documentary than anything. You want to oh. talk about some, some overweight rednecks, boy. I couldn't believe I couldn't believe anything they were saying in the documentary, um, but we'll we'll get to the Killers of the Flower Moon. I think, to me, even though it was almost forty minutes longer than Oppenheimer, or thirty minutes, uh, it was it was the more superior film. Yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, there um, was, I mean, you came out. I, I mean, I texted you and you said like it was so good, but like you know, just you know, obviously non spoiler. What you what you really like about it? I liked the fact that you could sit down and like the story just captivated you. And you, you, you would think, uh, we live in Oklahoma. We might've heard about this. I never heard anything about this kind of story. And you know, that's probably just because of it not being taught, but like the way it was just pictured and the way it was put on screen at times felt like a crime thriller. That's exactly mm -hmm. what it is. Um, mm -hmm. there are some horror elements to it, which I appreciated, there was also just pure fun, uh, like cinema, like the score, the performances. Uh, I, I thought with it being three and a half hours, I was going to twiddle my thumbs at some point or um, just probably lose track of the film. But I didn't lose track at all. I, I, I just, like you said, the story just keeps you going and going. The deaths, um, the plot, what's going to happen, who's going to come out on top is somebody going to survive? Like it was just a nonstop uh, case of emotion and it didn't need to be like an on your seat action movie to keep you entertained. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I do think that this is going to be um, the big movie to beat at the Oscars this year. I mean, I mean, you can list everything, the best picture, director, actor support. Well, uh, so what do you think about our, discussion do you think de niro is su supporting your main actor after watching it i i really feel like he's supporting yeah and then uh lily gladstone who played molly i thought you know for her just, only just, to have just, maybe just give it to her right now yeah i mean for her to maybe have like 50 lines in a three and a half hour movie she she stole the show i mean she she's a she was able to hold her own against de niro and dicaprio and i i can imagine that is not an easy feat to do Jesse Plemons was amazing. It, I was like, man, it took two and a half hours for him to get on screen, but once he gets on there, it's 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 a, it's fun. Um, and it's the same for Brendan Fraser. He he shows up towards like the last third of the last film. Last thirty minutes, yeah. Overall, so, yeah, I mean, I loved uh, it. I mean, yeah. There, you know, there's a lot of people complaining about it though. Like, it didn't need to be three hours, and 
there's just there's a lot of like uh, reviews and people out there that are just like trashing the movie because it's three and a half hours. Well, and to my to me, and I kind of agree with Scorsese on this is like if you can binge watch a television show for three hours, what's the difference than what's the difference than good to go into a theater and watching some for three and a half hours? You know, what's the, what's the difference? No difference. And to me, and to me, if it if it takes three and a half hours to tell the story the right way go for it and i mean like you said we walked out neither us were bored i i'll fully admit when we when I, when I watched oppenheimer there was some slow moments and i didn't have any slow moments in this so speaking of cinema you can go watch killers of the flyer moon and a bunch of other movies uh zach why don't you talk to them about one of our sponsors real quick yeah ready the cinema who's a good friend and sponsor of the show um They've always had the hookup for us, and we really appreciate it. Um, they're located on uh, 2221 Exchange, Ave- Exchange Avenue in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, uh, in the stockyards. Um, they've always they, – it's a gr- great non-for-profit organization. They show new movies, old movies, cult classics, and everything in between. You can donate, have a membership, volunteer – Join their mailing list and just tell them that the Cinnamon Movie Podcast sent you. Um, we like to always let, we always like to let them know that we're looking out for them. So, but uh, let's let's get ready to get into what we're talking about today. You might have to help me with some of these names. Um, yeah, there's another movie that not a lot of people are psyched about. Um, I don't understand why, but we'll talk about it. So we're talking about the uh, the requel, reboot, whatever you want to call it, the sequel from 2021, Candyman. Uh, IMDb currently has it at 5.9. The meta score is at 72%. Rotten Tomatoes is at 84%. Google users like it at 70%. Released August 27, 2021. With just a $25 million budget, it grossed a little over $78 million at the box office. A sequel to the horror film Candyman from 1992 that returns to the now gentrified Chicago neighborhood where the legend began. As a cast of uh, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, Tiana Paris, Coleman Domingo, Nathan Stewart Jarrett, uh, Kyle Kaminsky, Vanessa Williams, and and cameo performances with Virginia Madsen and Tony Todd. And you get and, and directed the, by Nia DaCosta. Vanessa Williams repraises her role from the nineteen ninety two version. Um, yeah, did you get to see this in the theaters? Because I know it came out right when theaters started opening back up in twenty twenty one. Yeah. If not, what was um, it like to rewatch? Yeah, um, I did see this in a the theater. I actually did a double feature of this and uh, Don't Breathe Two. Um, clearly, gee, I wonder which was the better film. Yeah, by the end of this conversation, one of them will be on top. Um, for me, man, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I I was very very shocked by it. I remember when they announced this, I was just like, "What? Why are we doing a Candyman reboot, requel, whatever it's going to be?" Um, but the thing that really got me interested was Jordan Peele as a producer writer on it. I was like, okay, you know, I could see. I think us had just came out the year a couple of years before. So I'm just like, okay, you know, 
he had Get Out, he had Us. Let's see what he can do as a producer role. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I thought it was so well, smart, craft, really well crafted, smart writing. Um, and on this rewatch, I feel the same way. I still think it still holds up. 2001, so about two years later. Um, and it still got me. And I think the best thing about it, it's an hour and like 28 minutes without the credits, since you're just in and out. What about you? I didn't get to see this in the theaters, but uh, I do remember really enjoying this one when it first came out. I s bought it on streaming. Uh, and then, you know, it's, it, to me, I, I do like this in the requel fit. Um, after binge watching the whole franchise just a few weeks ago, I really do feel like you just need the first one and this one. Uh, two is okay. Two is pretty good. Three is terrible. Three feels like a Showtime made for TV movie. Um, there was no budget for it whatsoever. So, um, but I do like the fact, let's kick it off. I do like the fact how you get the Sherman opening where they tease a different Candyman. Cause when you first watching it, you're like, Whoa, that's, that's not Tony Todd. That's not, um, Daniel Robitaille. Yeah. So I like how they tease the different characters and the mythology of somebody being the Candyman. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll talk about that a little bit later as far as like what it means and what you think it means. Um, but at the end of the day, what'd you think of, did, oh, no, let, me, let me ask you this. Did you know anything about the original before going into this movie? I think we, we did do an episode in 2019. No, did we do it in 19 or did we do it when it's 20? Yeah. Because we were going to do it, I think we were going to do it when this was going to come out originally. And yeah. then it got pushed back because of COVID. And so, yeah, if we did the episode before, then yeah, I'd seen the original film. I may, I may even rewatch, I think I'd rewatch the original film before seeing the new one. Um, and so, yeah, I, I agree. This is, it. it's a very good connective, you could just jump right into this one and not miss anything. Um, because you get introduced to Anthony, Bree, and Troy. Um, Anthony's the painter, Brie is the girlfriend who gets him involved in the whole art gallery sessions, and then yeah. Troy is the brother to Brie. So you get introduced to all them three real quick, and you get introduced to the story of Helen in the first one because it's like a horror story now, and yeah. uh, like a like a ghost in like the dark story. story. Yeah, yeah. So that so if you did not see the first one, you don't really have to. They they set you up real good with it because of the yeah. the ghost story. Um, so what do you think of that? Yeah, I, I, I love, I love when movies take the mythology and just kind of twist it and turn it to make it its own thing and to be kind of the whole, oh, nice. Um, make it the whole sense of it's still part of this world, but we're going to just do something a little bit different with it. Um, and I, I gotta say the shadow puppetry thing that they used to tell the story and like the whole ending credits, which we'll get to. I love that. I thought that was really well genius. I thought it was very smart. Um, and it brought, honestly, a sense of creepiness to it. Like, yeah, those mm -hmm. shadow puppets look creepy already to begin with. But to tell the story of Candyman and just kind of the um, the quote-unquote scary story to tell the dark of Helen and what happened to her, I thought was brilliantly well done. So were you confused the first time watching it because you saw the Sherman story in the laundromat? And then, like, 
you know, five minutes later, you get introduced to the three characters and they tell the the 92 version. Were you kind of like, what's going on here? Or did you like where it was going and you just didn't want to ask questions? I liked I liked where it was going. Um, I didn't I didn't ask any questions about the Sherman plot line, because to be honest, I thought it was like a. I thought Sherman was originally like a, a vessel that the Tony Todd Candyman was using to like go after people but you still i mean kind of technically it, it is but yeah in a different in a different way i guess um i like i think the thing that really i think the thing that really like makes me love this movie love is a strong word i really really like this movie is it feels it looks it, it sounds like a jordan peele movie and it's obvious he wrote it. He's a producer on it. I don't know why he just didn't direct it, to be honest. Maybe he was writing Nope or something like that, and he just had to focus on that. But this, like I said, the way it looks, the way it's shot, the cinematography, I thought was really well done. That whole opening end credits where the camera's flipped upside down, it's going through the streets of the city. It literally passes by a building that literally looks like a beehive. I didn't, I didn't notice that on this rewatch. Um, I thought was just superb. That's what I was going to mention in this uh, this this next conversation was making the city of Chicago feel like its own character. Like yeah. that's something that's something the original one did. How they went through and you know took took some back shots of of Chicago. They did the same thing in this one, and to me, uh, they made Chicago feel just like as an important character as uh, Anthony was. Yeah. And it's very smart when a when a writer or a filmmaker can use their environment as part of the story. Like, obviously, you have the city of Chicago, but you also have Cabrini Green and the whole uh, change up of society and how it's been like. It was this like quote unquote sprawling community back in the day, but now it's just like reduced to empty buildings and just kind of trash environments. Um, there is something that I, I like I've seen this movie several times and like it always when Anthony get when he's out there taking the pictures, he gets stung by the bee. Is that just like the start of it? Like he he's chosen by the Candyman, I guess, because that if you notice, like I, I kind of paid attention to it on this watch, but the infection of the bee sting that literally enthralls his arm all the way up to his by the time we get to the climax of the movie, it's almost up to his it's up to his face by that point. Uh, speaking of bees, no, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> now, who did he get the he he got the bee sting first before he summoned Candyman, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what I'm guessing is after the bite, the bite would have been okay, I think. But I think after summoning him, is that's that's when like that's when the uh, infection started, if you will. Yeah. Um. So and really, and really, we don't even get our we don't get our first kill till the the art gallery scene when the Clive and her his girlfriend are trying to do it and they get like thirty minutes hurt. later, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, before that, though, you get to meet William in the laundromat. William is the little boy who came face to face with Sherman, the Candyman from his his generation, I guess. Yeah. Um, I want to focus on William a lot because I feel like William is also a 
not Candyman himself, but I feel like he could be a vessel because he is he is the one that technically at the end of the movie he's the one who opens Anthony's eyes to this story, and then he's the one who eventually kills Anthony, if you will, and and does what he does. Like you know, yeah. William obviously dies, but he's he to me he's more he's just as important as the Candyman in this movie than anybody. Yeah, and I'll be honest, like, I like William as a character, but, like, his motivation, by the time we get to the end of the movie, I don't, I really don't understand what his motive, I, I had to look it up and be like, so what is, like, his ultimate goal here? Like, I understand what'd you, he wants what'd you to find bring, out? so, like, his plan was to resurrect the Candyman and, to, like, bring vengeance on those who, like, destroyed his community his 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 childhood community or something like that and <laughs> and like that's fine but it doesn't really you feel like the plot like, of the movie wasn't needed yeah like I, it, it would make a, it, it it just make a lot more sense if like because and spoiler alert for those who haven't seen this movie yet just because anthony was the little boy at the end of the lap in the original film that that Helen rescued, that's enough motivation for Candyman to go after him. It's almost like his work wasn't completed that night, you know. Maybe that would be true if you didn't get that's where I, this is almost a near perfect slasher new age storytelling film for me, except for that part of the movie. Like you yeah. also don't need I, I don't I don't see what the point was of the Sherman Candyman. Like like you said, not unless that was a uh not unless that was Tony Todd's okay. character getting involved somehow, but you don't even need that because Sherman, if you remember, people were getting razor blades in their candy, but after they killed Sherman, candy was still being, you know, razors were still being found yeah. in candy. So he was, he was innocent. He was an innocent bystander. So he wasn't technically imprisoned with Candyman inside of him anyway. Well, and that was, I think, and I think that's the whole, that's the whole point of this film. The social commentary that Jordan Peele likes to do in all his movies is the Candyman. Technically, if you go back to look at the original as well, Candyman is an original. And I guess you could say he's an innocent bystander in all this anyway. Yeah. If you know it's... the original story of, you know, how he became Candyman, Candyman. you know, he, he just yeah. pretty much, he, he didn't even have an affair because she wasn't seeing anybody. The, the famous daughter, you know, she was just, mm -hmm. They just fell in love, and it was in the 1800s, whites, blacks, you know, Couldn't and, and that's what happened to him. So he was he was an innocent person in this whole thing. Yeah. And I, you want to know why Jordan Peele didn't direct it but still wanted to pick it up? I think that's his main goal was to tell a better story of the original uh, part, and I think race had a lot to do with it. Yeah, and well, and it's also um... – you know, we've we've had to we've been dealing with police shootings, unarmed black people for you know the last ten years plus. You know, and so our lifetime. Yeah, his whole his ability to bring horror and social commentary into this, <coughs> and make the mythology of the Candyman of th these are innocent black people that were either killed or miss or. They were killed or they were judged un inc incorrectly. And, and so I know that, that's 
That's their that's the curse. And I, and I hope this isn't why the movie got bad ratings, but I know your average, you know, certain viewer, southern viewers might be like, "Hey, I don't want this. I have to see this stuff like this on the news. I don't want to have to see it in the movie too." Like, no, like that's the that's that's what Jordan Peele gets to do. He gets to take a subject matter that might be touchy, but it's true. And he puts it in film and exploits it that way. Like, I think he did a marvelous job with this movie. And I still think that's why this movie gets some uh, some knock on it today because, you know, people, well, I mean, don't, I'm, people, people don't want to be honest with themselves and see it. Well, I'm looking at, I'm just looking at the reviews on IMDb and like the highest, highest grade it has is like a six. Disappointing. Uh, could have been better if only the agenda was set aside, which, you know, obviously that's the social commentary. That's stupid. Some boring, good good imagery and score, inconsistent storytelling, too much politics, not enough Candyman. Oh my but god. I, but that that that's what irritates me because like if you have Candyman, I, I like the, that's another positive I'll give the movie is that the kills in this movie were evenly spread out. Like it was, you had enough, but not too much, and you didn't see the character of Candyman to the point where it's just like he's not scary anymore. <clears throat> so, yeah. I... What did you think of? So, honestly, after him getting the bee stung, you start seeing the deaths pop up. You see his attitude change, and I like how you see somebody who looks like Candyman do the killings, mm-hmm. but he's dressed in this coat, which yeah. looks like it's Sherman's. Well, is that is that well, was that what you think? You think it's Sherman's version, or do you think it's T- Tony Todd's version, or you know, a lot of technically it makes you look at Anthony's the one doing all the killings, just like it made you think of Helen doing all the killings in the first movie. See, I always thought it was. I mean, I always thought it was Tony Todd. Like anytime the kills happened, that was him. But but that was easily that was proven wrong because when he goes to the art critic's house. And he's standing in a mirror. It's clearly Sherman. The way he's like completely deformed by the beating that he took by the police. So I was just like, okay, so that that makes sense for this version of the story. But it also sets up what the ultimate goal was by the time you get to the end of the film. And you know, reviews like that about this movie are the same reviews that you read that people don't like. Nope, people don't like us. People don't like Get Out. It's the same back trash story i'm gonna watch my talladega nights and nascar 24 7 because (laughs) if you had a problem with this movie then you had a problem with the movie in 1992 because the movie in 1992 told the same story you know to me if it's really about race it it is at least for the people who hate the movie because he got tony todd got murdered innocently had honey poured on him, got stung by bees, got lit on fire, cut off his hand. I mean, well, to me, and like, if it's really about that that topic in this film, why why does Get Out have a seven point eight? The whole that's the whole point of the movie. That doesn't make any sense to me. Is it because that you don't you don't want like a a serious telling of a horror character? I mean, is that is that is that the point of it? And you technically only get brutality. You don't even you don't even really see that kind of brutality, or is it brought up twenty four seven in the movie? It's technically really only put in your face the last ten minutes. Yeah, I think the, 
I would say the two brutal parts of the movie is the police, the ending with when Candy, when Anthony really becomes the Candyman, and the art when the two people get killed in the art uh, in the art show after. after oh no, after no, no! Hours. I'm I'm talking about the subject matter being thrown in your face. Oh yeah, 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 yeah! Towards the what the last like 15 minutes of the movie, yeah. So you brought up the art gallery, which I thought was was an amazing way to open up the first few kills. Um, you get the evolution of the bee bite, honestly. Let's talk about that elevator scene where the candy gets yeah. dropped. Very, mm-hmm. very good scene. Yeah. Yeah, I will say this the this the scares in this movie still I was I, probably the thrills of it. They still work. And the when he's listening to that recorder of, of uh, Helen, that's actually real that's actually new Virginia Madsen dialogue that she came in to record. So I was like, okay. That was cool to bring her back as as her little cameo. So, so you before the girls' bathroom scene, you get William bringing up Robadiah, bringing up Sherman, and he brings up like mm-hmm. a few other names as well, but they don't touch on that. He says all the first one started all the way back in the nineteen eighteen nineties. Um, the generations of Candyman, yeah, yeah. Um, and then you got the, the, the girls' bathroom scene, which is a pretty brutal scene. Yeah. Um, and something else I didn't – I don't know if you really noticed this on this rewatch, but everyone essentially that Anthony comes into contact with almost in that art gallery is killed off. The art critic, Clive and his girlfriend, the girls, the girl that was just kind of like, I don't give a shit, which I think was actually the daughter of the art critic – um her and her friends get get it and i was just like that's that's just good writing you're gonna bring in characters that may or may not have any significance but you're gonna kill them off as the film goes on that's just that's just good writing Uh, another way of making you think that it was maybe anthony the whole time yeah and i think that's the i think that's the joy that jordan peele had with this film is like you don't know if it's really him or Tony Todd or Sherman or what version of Candyman it is. So, uh, what do you think about what do you think about the reveal of him being the baby at the end of the of the original film when he's with uh, Vanessa Williams? I knew it, something like that was coming on. I didn't catch it right offhand the first time I watched it because honestly, the first time I watched it, I was like, okay, this is a reboot because this is mm-hmm. really is, is this not the first requel of its kind where they completely do away with the whole franchise and just follow. Well, I mean, technically 2008 Halloween. Yeah. Halloween. Halloween was the start of that. Halloween might be the start of it, but to me, I thought this was just a complete reboot. Oh yeah. I see what you're saying. So when I first watched the original, yeah. When I first watched, I didn't think it had any ties. And then obviously the first one, the first 10 minutes happened and you're like, okay, that, that gets thrown out the window. Um, but I enjoyed that they tied them both together. I liked that it wasn't a complete reboot. Um, and it, like you said, it goes fast. Yeah. Like like the first 10 minutes, you, you get the plot of the story. You get the bees and the honey in the middle, which like the last 30, I mean, the, the last 30 minutes to an hour. And then the last 30 minutes of the film, just it gives you the, the setup of the abduction of Brie. Mm-hmm. And. I said because she goes looking for him uh, at the laundromat, and William abducts her. Yeah, I will say on this rewatch, I noticed 
with the cinematography when the, when uh, Bree's brother is telling the story of Helen, they very they very they think they're cle- cleverly kind of zoom in on Anthony as they're telling the story. It's just like okay, so that in my opinion, that kind of gave it away of like he's clearly connected to this in some form or fashion. So. And that's not even a that's not even a nitpick or anything. I just noticed that on this on this rewatch. So, what do you think of? Because uh, I don't know, we haven't talked about uh, Yaya recently. Abdul, yeah, and mm-hmm. yeah, his next movie Ethel, is Ethel Aquaman. Ethel. So, what yeah. do you what do you think? Is is that is that big? <laughs> that's well, you, you say that, but. The first one grossed a little over a billion dollars. Do you think this is big time for him, or do you think he goes back to some smaller roles after Aquaman too? You know, I, I mean, I don't know what you think of him as an actor, but I think he's I like very him. capable. I think he has a lot of charisma. I, really, that Candyman was his, like, for, like, he was in the trial of the Chicago 7. He was in Watchmen, the TV show. I remember that now. Um, he was in Us, which I don't remember him in that. Um but I mean, like, I would say Candyman was just like his breakout. I don't blame him for taking the Matrix Resurrections on because I would think, you know, as an actor, you'd want to do a big project like that. So, um, and I thought, even though the movie wasn't great, but I thought he was good in Ambulance, the Michael Bay movie. Oh, Michael so, Bay's the shit. Yeah. <clears throat> Anybody who thinks Michael Bay shouldn't direct movies should go fucking suck a duck. <laughs> If you don't, if you, I'm sorry, but if you can't go to a movie and enjoy two hours of explosions, I mean, What's there's, the point? there's people come that complain on everything nowadays, whether it's a three hour Martin Scorsese movie or a, a Michael Bay blow fest. I don't know. Or Scarface you know, you, and a whole you bunch of blow. You, know, yeah. you watch your mouth. Hey, that, that debate's coming, so you better get ready. <laughs> You know what didn't suck is I ended up watching. Uh, I talked about it for briefly in recent watches. Uh, Haunted Mansion wasn't terrible. Oh, it wasn't. No, it, it, it was fun. Things. It was fun. I don't know if it was definitely better than the Eddie Murphy version. I think. I think anything is better than the, the Eddie Murphy. Candyman Three is probably better than the Eddie Murphy version. Now hold on, <laughs> Robert Downey Jr.'s Doolittle was not better than Eddie Murphy's Doolittle. Fair. Fair. <laughs> That's fair. Um, Let's get into uh, the the, the final. You, What's up? Did you think that something else that I caught me caught my attention on this viewing was after um, Bree kills William, Anthony is just like he's dead. Like by that point, he's just already like gone. And when he collapses in Bree's arms, I thought he was already dead. And then the police come in and shoot him, which sets off the events that makes him the Candyman. That's but, also that's off people not liking this movie. Yeah, but just I, I just thought he was already dead, so I'm just like, why are you already shoot him if he's dead? You know, but no, no I get it. He, she was rocking him back and forth. She was saying, "We're gonna get you to the emergency room." You know, they're on their way. Just hold in, uh, hold in there. Um, so yeah, that, that's that's why a lot of people have issues with this movie. <laughs> And then Brianna, what do you think about the scene with Brianna in the back of the squad car and just the, intimidating her to be like, hey, listen, you say it like this, you'll have nothing to worry about. It makes you root for Candyman. Yeah, that's true. It makes, 
it makes it makes it makes all the sense in the world. It makes you feel. And at the end of the day, Jordan Peele told the story. Candyman is the. At least Anthony is, and you could even say all three Candybands. They are, they are the innocent. Yeah. They did nothing wrong. Yeah, that's true. And then obviously, as a, as a, as a, as a viewer, you want that sense of justice, if innocent in a way, if you want to use that word, for when he starts ki- mowing down all the policemen and, and the, which was a really cool scene, like the 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 backdrop of like the police, um, uh, not sirens, but the um, the radio, no, the the lights, the police lights. Oh yeah, yeah. And as, as the bees are like enveloping his face and everything. And it's just, I thought that was shot really well, a cool visual. And then I thought it was cool. Maybe a lot of people had a problem with it. But for him, for, it, for it to be the final scene of Tony Todd being telling Marie, tell everyone, like his face morphs into Tony Todd's and tell, he says, tell everyone, I would think, I thought that was like a perfect ending. Oh, yeah. It, it was so good. It was so fun. It was an homage to the original. You got to see Tony Todd finally, even if it was maybe a CGI Recreation, de-aging. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he was still there. He got the credit for it. It made you feel like a number, another one is coming. Do you think they will make another one? How, how much did this movie make in the, the box office? It made $77 million on just a $25 million budget. Which isn't bad, seeing that you're still in the middle of COVID. Yeah. I don't think this needs a sequel. I think you have the, the original and this one, kind of like Halloween 1973 or something like that. 1978, 1978, 1978 and 2018. Today's, today's the 45th anniversary. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I, I don't think you need, you don't need to do a sequel to this. I think Jordan, Jordan Peele, I think Jordan Peele was really the only one that could do it, to pull this off, especially with the writing of it. So <clears throat> It's interesting to see what he will do next after seeing Nope. I know a lot of people really, really like Nope. I was kind of on the fence of, I think it's okay. Uh, mm-hmm. To me, I feel like it's the lesser of the three films he did. Doesn't mean it's a bad movie. Um, Have you also, watched it since the theater? No, I need to. Isn't it like two and a half hours long? Or 220? Uh, or 215? I don't, I, don't, I don't remember it being that long. Let me, let me it felt it. long to me. Maybe that's why. Oh, yeah, it's two hours and ten minutes. I would say give, give it a try because I was I was kind of like you like I, I liked it but I, I thought the other two were stronger films but when I did our re our 2023 review I was just like let me rewatch this and it was like number six because I just put my expectations aside just rewatched it as a film and I, I I thoroughly enjoyed it did that was that really a 2022 movie yep that was last yeah. year Overall, Candyman is a fun movie. Um, like you said, you're in and you're out. If Even if you don't know anything about the original movies, I would still say sit down and watch this. Zach, where did you stream this at? Um, I think I just watched it on the Voodoo. I, was it, is it streaming anywhere? I think it's on MGM Plus or something like that. That's a thing? Um, yeah, that's a thing, believe it or not. See that that's how like that's how you know like we're so far behind in culture. It's just like when they have like streaming apps is like 
when people say like, "What is it on MGM?" It's like I don't even know what that is. To be honest, well, I know what MGM is, but I just didn't know they have their own streaming program. Yep, MGM Plus. Wow. Um, and I thought the um, the did you just watch it on Blu-ray? I'm assuming. Yeah. Or 4K. Blu-ray. Was the Blu-ray Blu-ray transfer good? Or, yeah. Yeah. So I usually don't have any complaints unless it's like. There's some pretty bad transfers, but if if it's a new release, I mean, I don't have the latest TV that's up to date, but I still have a 2022 TV, and, uh, you know, 1080p high def is still really good. Yeah. Is this uh, a movie that you scene. would, is this a movie that you would add to your collection? Yeah, yeah, I would. I saw it somewhere for like... It's real cheap. I think it's still at Best Buy for like seven bucks. Yeah, it was either Best Buy or Walmart. Walmart had it for like part of their Halloween collection or whatever. So, uh, favorite, favorite scenes? Scene? Yeah. Um, I'd say anything with the shadow puppets. I thought that what that's what made the movie, in my opinion. Um, and then probably the final confrontation, really past the William stuff and with Bree in the car, sitting in the back of the patrol car, saying Candyman. And then um, her kind of seeing the the urban legend come to fruition, I thought was um, really really well done. So, uh, if I had to pick a favorite scene, it would be the opening scene where they're talking about the Helen Ghost story. Um, the bathroom scene where the girls get murdered, the elevator scene, and the ending, that whole last 10 minutes where he gets dubbed Candyman, he gets candy put in his pocket, he gets his arm cut off, all the way up until you see Tony Todd. I think this is an extraordinary horror movie, honestly. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It's really well made, really well shot. Um the screen the, the screenplay is really good. You have Jordan Peele's feel all over the film. Um, good performances, good kills. Uh, I'm gonna give it an eight. I mean, I, I thoroughly think that this is probably one of the better requels we got right now. Um, and like you said, you don't you don't need to see all the bullshit with the sequels, <laughs> and just see the original, jump right into this, and you'll have a good time. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna I'm right there with you. I'm gonna give it an eight. I really really like it a lot. I like the message behind it. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, it's basically a don't judge a book by the cover. Um, the kills are great. The score, the, the city of Chicago, everything is just thrown together, just the way it needs to be. So absolutely. Uh, if you guys want to know what you think of Candy, let us know what you think of Candyman 2021. We will do an email bag next week uh, when we kick off November. Zach, next week is November already. We only got two months left. That's uh, that's crazy. It really is. And we have a jam-packed month of November. I'm excited, and it kicks off next Cursing week. Month. Next week with an A24 movie. Talk to me, Zach. This is, the, is this the first A24 movie we've talked about since Everything Everywhere All at Once? We, Two summers ago? No. No. Well, well, we talked about everything everywhere last year. Yeah. 
there's no way we we would have had an a twenty four movie since then. We didn't do it. We we haven't done an a twenty four month. Not this year, but part of me thinks we've done. It. I have to go back and look at the, the <coughs> schedule, our shows, since see. But next, but week yeah, this is this will be interesting because this is kind of getting the same flack that this that Candyman got. Um, have you already have you watched it? I haven't seen it since July. Okay, so. So I'll go in fresh next week, uh, talk about it, rewatch it. Um, the week after that, second week of November, we're talking Prey, which which is currently out on Hulu. If you want to watch it on Hulu or you can pick up the physical copy. Uh, the week after that, week three of November, we're talking Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Uh, week four, Thanksgiving week of November, we're talking about Barbie, which is uh, the highest grossing movie of the year, I believe. Uh, and then the week after that, Oppenheimer, the final week of November before we get to December, uh, we're talking Oppenheimer, which should be another fun conversation. So four jam-packed, five jam-packed movies. Uh, I'm excited, and it all kicks off next week with Talk To Me. So, Sounds like a plan. What, do, what, are you most, what are you most looking forward to out of these five different movies? They're all, and the, the difference between all five of them is incredible to me. I mean, I, I'm all obviously excited about Oppenheimer because I want to talk about that when it came out in the summer. Um, I think Barbie will be a fun conversation, just how big that movie got and just the Barbenheimer and Barbenheimer situation came out and everything. Um, and I think Prey will be fun because we've, we've been trying to do Predator for quite some time. So, And then next week is Talk To Me. You've seen Talk To Me. I think you saw it before I did. Yeah. Um, I did my rewatch already, and it'll be it'll be interesting. It'll be an interesting conversation. So technically, this is uh, the last episode of October, but we we end spooky season next week with Talk to Me, Wednesday, November the first. Um, Zach, before we uh, say goodbye to October, is there anything you want to add on to not only Candyman but maybe the whole month of October so far? Yeah, you know, I thought it was a real fun month. Um, Candyman, The Conjuring 2. I watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 2003, but I wasn't on the episode. Um, I'd give it a six. I was kind of on the same level as Craig, where it's just like, I get what they're doing, hype it up and everything, but essentially that movie's the reason why we have all these remakes, reboots, and requels and everything. So I blame that on that. Um, the bird And The Birds. You know, love talking Hitchcock. I know it wasn't everyone's cup of tea, but hey, it is what it is. Uh, yeah. So if you guys want to go back and check out any of those episodes in the archives uh, for the fun month of October, go back and check them out. Um, you can listen to them wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, but until then, guys, brand new episode next week, November the 1st. Talk to me, Zach. Uh, A24 next week. Have a good week, guys. <laughs> Have a safe and happy Halloween. Bye.